We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my fabulous friends. I'm so honored you're spending a part of your day here with me on Journey to Center. So I'm sure you've heard the term heaven on earth. And who would not want more of that? I know I certainly do. And I feel I have experienced those moments of heaven in some peaceful transcendental moments in nature, in some of my most special relationships, and in some of those beyond coincidental moments where I know God is at work in my life. So, what can we do to bring more of heaven to the sometimes confusing and crazy place we call earth? That is what we're going to talk about today with my expert and guest, John E. Wade II. John is an author, investor, philanthropist, and retired certified public accountant. John was accepted at the Air Force Academy, United States Air Force Academy after high school, where he received an honorable medical discharge and ultimately earned his bachelor's and master's degree in accounting from the University of Georgia. In 2002, John published Deep Within My Heart, a collection of essays. So while John was traveling around the world on missions, trips, and spiritual journeys, he was inspired to start creating an essay collection with the topic being, what would it take to create heaven on earth? In 2010, Pelican Publishing published that book entitled How to Achieve Heaven on Earth. Some of these ideas led to the TV series, A World That Works, which John produced. Today, we're talking about John's new books, Glimpses of Heaven on Earth, Inspiring Quotations, and Insightful Essays. John's calling is to be a pathfinder for all of humanity towards heaven on earth. He believes there are 10 elements present when we arrive, peace and security, freedom, democracies, prosperity, gender harmony, racial harmony, spiritual harmony, ecological harmony, health, as well as as moral purpose and meaning. John believes we can have the experience of heaven on earth here and now. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today, John, and to be having this important and inspiring conversation. Well, I'm very happy to be with you. I often say planet Earth can be hell and it can be heaven. And I know for sure I want to do what I can to experience more of the latter and help bring more heaven to Earth. So, again, I'm just really happy to be having this conversation and finding out more about this from your perspective. Yes, uh, I believe my calling is calling not to dwell on what was or is but rather what can be. Mm. And I, I believe we're now in the innovation age and that that will evolve someday somehow into the spiritual age, which is heaven on earth. I believe that God made each of us and all of us with a mind, body, and a little piece of God. And because of that, he loves us with an enduring, steadfast love. And because of that, He has predetermined from the very beginning that we would eventually have heaven on earth someday, somehow. Mm. And so do you think this is far in the future? Is it near in the future? I mean, personally, I feel I'm having more of those moments. I don't know what mass consciousness is doing, but I'm taking responsibility for 
living more from that place. So again, do you think it's like really far in the future? Or are we moving into it right now? Where do you think we are on the timeline with this? Well, so I believe uh, that the whole world will eventually evolve and into a heaven on earth. But we've got to do our part uh, one by one. And we actually had a chapter uh, in both books, uh, both heaven on earth books, about individual paths to a heaven on earth. In other words, I believe that maybe we not, maybe individually we can't completely reach heaven on earth, but we can come very close uh, uh, to realizing our potential and uh, being uh, uh, close to God and uh, really loving uh, of ourselves and others. Uh, uh, it's a it's a sort of a Inward and outward sort of being. Mm-hmm. I, I I have agree. I've had a long spiritual journey. I, I I grew up in small towns and in Presbyterian churches. And my first Sunday school teacher told me, "God is love." And I I she was a very good with children and very loving person herself. She was a neighbor just up the street from me in this small town. And then. Uh, then I went through high school. I was witness chairman of my church there. But I really got away from it at, in college and on through two marriages. But and but I've been in a very healthy church uh, since about the uh, first of 99. And that church, I've learned a lot, uh, mostly in Sunday school, but also in trips. And it's there for a while recently, I call myself spiritual but not religious. But now I call myself spiritual and respectful of all loving faiths. And I use the term faith rather than religions intentionally because it is broader than just religions. Mm, I, I like the sound of that. I haven't uh, heard it put quite like that before. I often say I'm spiritual, but not religious, but I do like the word faith a lot. So as you speak that, well, it resonates for me, and I, I like it. I like the way that feels. Well, one one reason I, I, I changed, I, I didn't like the negativity of not religious, because there are a lot of devout religious people who are very loving, and I certainly don't want to reject them or their faith that, that they have. And that that's that is that's very um, open minded and very open hearted and loving, because yeah, there can be, from my perspective, a negative connotation to the word religious. But I guess you can be spiritual and religious. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be and. Well, I know a lot of people that are religious and very kind and loving. Yeah, I guess it can go together. <laughs> yes, I like that. So. Um, and I love, again, that you say heaven on earth is predestined. That just gives me a level of comfort as I, as I read it in your book and as I hear you speak of that. So I would love to know a little bit more about these qualities that you speak of, the elements, the 10 elements that are uh, the qualities of heaven on earth. Can you tell me a little bit about each of these? Well, peace and security is something that... Uh... Michael Nagler wrote the essay about that, and he's a Gandhi authority, and he was a professor emeritus of classic and comparative literature 
He was the founder of Peace and Conflict Studies, and he was the founder of uh, the Meta Institute, which teaches nonviolence. And he uh, just recently uh, came out with a book, The Nonviolence Handbook, which I like. And and we went to a trip to India uh, recently where he gave the keynote uh, address on Gandhi's birthday at the Gandhi Research Foundation. And he's a real authority uh, on uh, peace. His, uh, his, his, he's, he puts a lot into his essay, and um, it's a little bit difficult reading, but it's I think it's worth re- reading and reading more than once, uh, as all some of these other essays and quotes are also. Do you have any other uh, questions about uh, peace and security? And uh, I just I I mean again peace. I mean that is such a Okay, important subject for me right now. It didn't used to be when I was in my 20s and 30s, but as I've gotten a little bit older and journeyed a bit more on my spiritual path, peace really is um, a powerful intention and goal in my life. So, yeah, I think that that that's a really beautiful way to start because, yeah, absolutely, if we're going to have heaven on earth, we need to be able to reside in a place of peace. (laughs) Well, one thing that I believe if we have a world full of robust, stable, prosperous democracies, we would have a world of permanent peace. I can, I can envision that. I can get into the feeling state of that. Yes, I would absolutely agree. And so then freedom, you know, I, I do a lot of work around this myself. People think they need a lot of money or prosperity in order to feel free, but we can choose that now. So um, tell me a little bit more about your thoughts about the importance and power of freedom. Well, freedom is something, uh, I think a couple of the quotes uh, really uh, tell a lot. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, the president, said, to be true to one's own freedom is, in essence, to honor and respect the freedom of all others. Charlotte put that in her essay. Uh, she, uh, one of the co-authors, uh, she wrote a fine essay. Another quote that's in that section is, Responsibility is the price of freedom, by Albert Hubbard. Uh, I think that that's a very uh, true statement also, that uh, uh, freedom unbridled is is not a good thing. Freedom where we take responsibility for our actions and are kind to others is, is what I think uh, we all need to reach for. Mm, yeah, I like what you're saying, because I think there there can be kind of an immaturity around freedom or maturity. Like there's a power with a small P and authentic power, which to me is, you know, capitalization, capital P. And, so, and yeah, think, we want freedom with responsibility, because freedom without responsibility is just like, I think, ego and chaos and superiority. And, and, and we don't, that's not what heaven on earth is about. <laughs> and uh, one thing, too, is that we need to seek wisdom. Uh, in the first book, Heaven on Earth book, Copthorne MacDonald, who's now deceased, came up with a, a wonderful, brilliant essay on wisdom. And he, uh, th- this is sort of part of the responsibility, but I think that all of us need to seek wisdom from birth on. And he ca- came up with 10 elements or values, values of uh, empathy. Empathy Truth, honesty, justice, cooperation, peace, compassion, 
universal well-being, creativity, and comprehensive knowledge. And at the same time, he came out with negative values of selfishness, hate, greed, envy, and revenge. Mm-hmm. So that's the key to not uh, to, to the all ten elements uh, adopting those wisdom values and getting rid of those negative values. Yeah, when I what I hear when I'm as I'm listening to you is the whole the umbrella that that uh, of the first list is really the umbrella of love, and then the umbrella of the second list is the umbrella of of fear. So yeah, absolutely. We want to step more fully into our loving of ourselves, of others, of you know, of, of the planet. And to me, that is absolutely um, heaven on earth. It's uh, those ten elements. I think will be present in heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be much, much more uh, good things. Uh, I think we'll be surrounded by the loving arms of Almighty God and. Uh, It'll be a very loving, joyful place. Mm, like the feel and the sound of that. So you you talk about democracies. Can you briefly yep. touch on that? Yes, I, I read. Uh, I, I wrote the part about democracies, and I talk about uh, stable, robust, prosperous democracies in that essay too. Um, as I mentioned just a moment ago, to get peace. So they're interrelated, these, uh, these elements. They're, you don't just have one or the other. They, they kind of overlap each other. And uh, we need to have good democracies, well-functioning democracies. We need wise, honest, capable leaders. And to do that, we need uh, astute voters who, who vote uh, in a without those negative values of selfishness or greed or envy. Uh, uh, that's the sort, of, which is not, is not here now, as you can recognize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh. Another, another thing about uh, democracies, uh, and let me give you a couple of quotes uh, the ballot is stronger than the bullet. This is President Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Another one is Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, President. Democracy cannot succeed unless those who express their choice are prepared to choose wisely. The real safeguard of democracy, therefore, is education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right on target with that. That's uh, very powerful information. It's It can be hard, though. It can be hard to be discerning. You know, it's like you want to believe what you hear sometimes, and it's hard sometimes to know what the the truer truth is. It's, it, to me, that's, you know, the wisdom is so vital. And for me, that comes from just like the prayer and the meditation. And then I can access that still small voice of wisdom and that intuition. But it can be hard. That's absolutely correct. And wisdom is also can be helped along by adversity. Look at uh, Nelson Mandela. We we have a quote or two of his. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he suffered through something like 28 years of imprisonment on a dirt floor and bucket as a toilet and food barely fit to eat at hard labor. But he came out wise. Yes, he did. And loving. And loving. 
Yeah, that was that's a remarkable story right there. That's an example of like I think an earth angel. That story is by the way is in the first book, How to Achieve a Heaven on Earth. That's mm-hmm. one of the essays. Mm-hmm. It's a good story. That's awesome. So now I want to step into a subject that is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> prosperity. Prosperity. Well, prosperity, uh, I believe, uh is it 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 applies both individually and collectively. And I believe that everyone everyone won't be rich in heaven on earth, but everybody will have everything they need and uh and will be grateful for what they have. Oh, gratitude. Yes, I do think that's so key in attracting prosperity. Being and grateful. I believe in to, to get to that state, we need free enterprise with with free, fair trade, tempered by democracy. We can have a safety net, but it's got uh, the safety net ha- can't be too uh, low, uh, such that uh, or it can't be such that it is a disincentive to work. I love that. I read that in your book, and I love that. And I think it's true because um, I think it can prevent people from stepping out in in confidence or attempting anything. If there's a if there's a net that's too comfortable, why why get out of it? Why get up? Why try to do anything? So I love that. Yeah, to give incentives for people to get up take responsibility, put those ideas and creativity into motion. So I, I love that message in your book. Yes. And I think work in heaven on earth will be gratifying, partly because of those values. Uh, uh, those values will be reflected and uh, we won't be uh, envious and greedy and uh, that sort of thing and selfish. So uh it'll change the whole perspective of work. Yes. Well, I think that, you know, there's job, career, and life purpose. And I think life purpose is when we get paid to play. It's creativity. It's what we want to do. And um, being compensated for that. It's like, I think that all of us have gifts. All of us have that potential. We all, like what you said, are, you know, aspects of God. So I think we can align with that and create from that space. And, um, I just love that message in your book. You also have one of my very favorite quotes in here by Calvin Coolidge. Prosperity is only an instrument to be used, not a deity to be worshipped. That is so powerful. Yes, I agree. I agree. (laughs) I love that because I believe if we go for God, all things can be added unto thee. But I think so many people think it has to be either or. Money or love, money or God, prosperity or you know, integrity. And I don't think it has to be that way. No, I mean, you, you look at uh, some Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and mm-hmm. many other people who uh, who maybe timing-wise seemed like they were greedy in their early life, but then they later changed. I'm yes. trying to do both at the same time, uh, 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 be both a philanthropist and, a, and a, uh, do a positive job in terms of uh, wealth creation, but it's it, it's difficult, uh, and uh, uh, it's important uh, that uh, we we have a certain empathy and uh, compassion for others. Oh, absolutely, for sure. And I I, I love that that you um, 
are stepping more fully into that, that um, generosity of spirit, if you will. I think that's so important. And I feel I'm doing the same. It's like expanding in my prosperity and my generosity and philanthropy. And um, I think it's very noble. Well, I, I think it's also important to do it in a wise manner because there's some programs where I, I grew up with two parents that provided tough love for me. and. I think to a certain extent, sometimes you need to be that way with people. If you're if you're too giving, uh, it, it, it it hurts them rather than helps them. Yeah, I think it can enable rather than empower. So yeah, yes. I think it's finding that balance. Yes, the balance is important. Yes, a hand up can be good. Uh, a hand out can be bad. <laughs> That's a good one, John. That's a very tweetable quote. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm always saying you want to empower, not enable, but that that really puts it in a nutshell. Hand up is good, a hand out, not so good. (laughs) So we don't have much time. We have like five minutes left. And I really want to address the topic of harmony. In your book, you talk about gender harmony, racial, spiritual, ecological harmony. So can we just uh, talk about harmony for a little bit here? Okay. I believe that each of us is made up of a mind, body, and a little piece of God. Mm-hmm. If you really believe that, you also respect yourselves and others, male and female, in terms of gender harmony, racial harmony, the different races. You respect others, as all of them have, everybody having their piece of God. Spiritual harmony, you respect all loving religions, uh, uh, and you, you, uh, you, you try to work with anybody because they, they, they have their little piece of God. Yes, God's in us, but God's in them too. And then the ecological harmony, one thing I'd like to say that about that is that climate, there are five things that I believe are the biggest challenges to the world right now. And two of them involve ecological harmony. There are climate change is one. Lack of water and bad water is one, mm-hmm. and that's 10 people die from bad water for everyone that dies in warfare. Wow. Radical Muslims is another. They're not a loving religion so, or a loving faith. Nuclear weapons and debts in Japan, uh, the United States, and parts of Europe. Uh, those are, to me, the five major challenges we have. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, uh, I can't disagree with any of that. I think you're right, right on target again. So, John, you also talk about health. When, when, when we experience heaven on earth, are we all going to be vibrantly healthy? I believe we will. And I believe somehow uh, the, the key, the, the path toward heaven on earth may include discovering more and more solutions as far as uh, defeating diseases and that sort of thing. But I I don't say this in this book, but I've come to believe that maybe the final step toward a heaven on earth, uh, there there may be some transcendence uh, involved, not just us keeping this same body that we have right now, mind, right, body, and right. little piece of God, but somehow 
evolving to another state. Yeah, I think this is, you know, dust. It's going to return to dust. It's temporary, the vehicle. Yes. So we have one last quality, the moral purpose and meaning. Can you, can you tell us a little bit th- about that? Let me give you the quote that's, uh, in, that Dan Agitina, the attorney in uh, uh, communications, uh, uh, um, Ph.D., and said, he included this quote, I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I woke and saw that life was service. I acted, and behold, service was joy. That's I love that quote. Beautiful. Yeah, I could listen to that about 10 more times. <laughs> that took me to a transcendent place. So, John, if people want to get a copy of your book or connect with you, how can they do that? Well, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, uh, independent bookstores, they can all get it if they don't have it. And then uh, also... Uh, the, the website is uh, heavenonearth.org. Uh, you can uh, get it through that. Uh, uh, it's uh, it, it's uh, to me. To be honest with you, selling books is not my goal. My goal is to spread the message of heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just one way to do it. Well, you embody that in your presence, in your heart, in your um, energy. And I'm, I'm honored to be connecting with you here today and sharing you with our listeners, John. I think you're just an exquisite being, and I love your message, and I love your books. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank let, you for let being Let me say one us. final word. Yes. This is from the Bible. For God, all things are possible. That just sums it up. And I believe you. Amen. (laughs) To my friends that are hanging out with us, thank you for being with us here today on Empower Radio. Just connect with that uh, wise voice within, that little piece of God that's inside of you. Know with that, all things are possible. God bless you. Take care of yourself onward and upward. Bye for now.